This will be episode six of the Volley Chief, a guy from Putnam Street. So uh, this is my first like serious guest. Everyone before has been, uh, you know, local helping me out, but this is kind of, I guess you could say, my first ringer. So I'll, uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. So if you will, Chief. Uh, Rich Thode, currently the Fire Chief, uh, the city of Danbury. Uh, I've been there about two and a half years. Before that, I did 34 years in city of Bridgeport. Firefighter, lieutenant captain, assistant chief, deputy chief, and retired as chief of department. Before that, I did four years in Ridgefield. Actually, tomorrow is my 40th anniversary on the job. This is what happens to you after 40 years on the job. Uh, Concurrently, during all that time, I was a, a volunteer in Ridgefield Volunteer, West Reading, um, and then most recently in Stony Hill. I've been in Stony Hill for about 27, 28 years. Stony Hill's a Bethel, town of Bethel has two fire companies, Bethel and Stony Hill. So I've been in Stony Hill for a while and uh, been around. So uh, Chief Thode is the recent recipient of one of the Firehouse Awards for Valors for making a off-duty uh, heroic rescue at a trench collapse and is uh, a couple couple blocks down, correct, from your house? Yeah, right around the corner on a day off. Uh, yeah, phone call phone call at home and somebody, uh, a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Andy Ellis, who's the chief of Brookfield, and uh, at the time he was a captain of Bridgeport, he said, bro, you hear what's going on around the corner from your house? I'm like, no. And I drove over there, got there first, and ended up by kind of uncovering a guy's face so he could start breathing. And then the troops from my department, Danbury and Stony Hill Valleys, Bethel Valleys, Brookfield Valleys, all got there. And about three and a half hours later, the guy was out. So it's pretty good. Nice. Congratulations for that. Thanks. Thanks. It was. It was. Uh, it was. It was pretty cool. Now, did you credit Scott Foss for everything he taught you in the fire service? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Scott Foss is a retired assistant chief. Scott and I were partners together on the squad back in the late 80s, early 90s, went to a ton of fires together. Um, he always had way better hair than I did. Uh, but I was, was going to say, that hair has probably got him an a modeling career true, true. right now. But anytime we were in the hallway, I was first, so... You know, that, that that's why my hair burnt off and his didn't. All right. So I obviously I know that, you know, sure, probably people are going, well, hey, this is a Volley Chief show. You know, we've got this guy on here. You know, one of the things that I always obviously you were my you were captain on. I, we were kind of always on the same shift. You mm -hmm. were captain uh, on C shift at, at tens. Then you became the battalion chief. In honor of the show, Cody tonight, told I, me, I wear my captain's job shirt. So. <laughs> Cody told me to remind you that you did burn a block down. Uh, you're one of the few chiefs that accomplished that while we were there. I did. Um, I did. But you, you still, you enjoyed the volunteer side. Absolutely. You, know, you always, we would, right. We would have those, those volley talks as we used to say. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on tonight, because 
as much as you've done in the career side of the fire service, you've been a volunteer the whole time. Right. And you're also very proud of it. Right. I, I, um, I was born and raised on Long Island, uh, the home of the, you know, the king of the volunteer outfits. Right. And, um, I, I, uh, you know, the idea of the horns going off on the roof and the, the guys running from the shops, you know, to the firehouse. My job as a kid was as the the engines, a lot of the engines on Long Island, they were like cab over C-series forks. So there was no jump seats. And they had in between the hose bed, there would be about a 12 or 18 inch walkway down the hose bed. So the guys could climb up there and reach over the sides and get their gear. And um, they would on Haven Avenue where Flower Hill Hose Company, number one. Uh, where I hung around every day, they would pull out and go the wrong way. And as they were up on top, getting their gear, they would throw their shoes off and then I would run down Haven Avenue and pick up everybody's shoes. And, uh, but it, it was thrilling. And I still, I still love, um, you know, hearing the roof sirens, hearing the horns, you know, driving a little faster than we should with a couple good blue lights going, uh, you know, sometimes, I'm a big light guy, but sometimes guys go a little nuts, you know, when their pickup truck's worth a thousand dollars, but their lighting package is worth 20,000. That's a little much, but, but the idea of like racing to the firehouse and running across the apron, that's cool. That's really cool. And I still love, yeah, it's, I actually was just down the storms the other day with one of the new guys. And he asked me about, we, you know, we got rid of our game well system about five years ago here in Derby. And he asked me what all that stuff was. And it was like you said, I, I I went right back to like, you pull in the driveway, the firehouse, you're getting out, the horns going off, you could hear the bells ding in. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. or uh, we used to do, so in, you had two types of boxes, right? We had an inside box and an outside box. Inside box, the, the cop at the desk triggered, you know, from a phone call. The outside box was when someone pulled the box. Oh, yeah. So like if you were sitting at the firehouse and the bell started and the tone started going in, as soon as the bell started going in, you were like, oh, it's a job, you know, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Billy Goldfeder, who's an old friend of mine, uh, Billy actually grew up in the town next to me. And Billy and I still send things back and forth about, you know, uh, game well systems, diaphone horns and, you know, just stupid stuff. It's just it's so much fun. So much fun. So my one of my uh, lifelong friends, Ryan Hart, he's a lieutenant in Norwalk, but he grew up in the valley. His dad, uh, along with Fred Grant, who is the brother of Chief Grant. Mm-hmm they ran the, the game well systems in the Valley. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm going to, Ryan's actually going to come out. We're going to do an episode about the game well system. Oh yeah. That was, that was so cool. Just so cool. You know, and that was really, I think that was the heyday. If, if anybody's watching and they want to Google uh, on YouTube, there was a, a documentary made in the seventies. It's on YouTube called the volunteers. And it's about like a lot of the volunteer departments, mostly filmed in Jericho. And there's, there's some footage, it's got to be, you know, 75 or something of like Jericho Turnpike, which is an incredibly busy road, two lanes each way, like the post road. And there's the whistle goes off and the guys are driving and they got like a fireball blue light on a dashboard and they, you know, they're parking, they're honking and flashing their high beams and, you know, and then they run across Jericho Turnpike, which is like, you know, playing Frogger across and then jumping in the rig. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But what, what year did you join the volley? How old were you back then? In the Long Island days was teenager. And then uh, I actually, my family got relocated to Connecticut. So I moved up here when I was 17. 
uh, I marched right down to Ridgefield Firehouse and joined the volunteers immediately. So I was a volunteer, you know, 17, 18. My senior year in high school, I was in the volunteers. Here's a, so, you know, back then, you know, you did crazy things in high school. And there was almost 500 kids in just my graduating class. It was a big high school. And once in a while, we'd have a, because back then there was a smoking lounge. You could actually smoke in high school. And so, so we'd have a, like a bathroom fire, you know, like the, one of the bathrooms, the boys room. So the alarm would go off. We would all, you know, have to evacuate high school. Now I'm 17, right? I would go, instead of going with my class, I would go down to the main office and look at the enunciator panel, see where it was. I would run upstairs and half the time it was a fire, you know, and I would grab a can out of the, out of the thing in the, on the hallway. And the teachers would be like, and I'm like, get out of the way. And, and I would crawl in the men's room and like put out the fire with a can. And I'm like, I think back at it now, I'm like, why weren't the teachers like, what are you doing? But right. Like, what is this? What is this kid doing? Right. And I was just like, you know, and I would come out and I'd be all snotty and everything else. And, you know, if it was today, I'd have to get my hero wipes and wipe down. And I, and I was like, this is what you do, isn't it? And then I would go downstairs, I'd meet the guys when they would get there, and I would tell them where the fire was, and I got it knocked down, and it's just what you did. I was... Uh, yeah, we, so now, I was, I'm not going to ask you what year you graduated 83, high school. 83. <laughs> I graduated in 83, and I was going to go in the Navy, and I was in the Volunteers in Ridgefield, and uh, the chief at the time said, you know, don't go in the Navy, I'll have a job for you by the fall. And sure enough, November 17th, 1983, I got appointed to the paid department. You know, I took the test and everything, but, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we, so, you know, I graduated high school in 96 and we were still allowed to leave. Yeah. So at, at, uh, our, the deal was you had to maintain above a B average in the class and all your classes and you could leave. So we would carry our pagers. Tone would go in, run down to the office, you know, me, uh, Jay Salem. Matt Ellis, Kirk Chemist, we'd run down, bang on the desk, like tell you know the, t- the lady at the desk, like, hey, we got to go to a fire. No, no. We all run out, jump in one car, and go. I actually had a work study program, so three days a week, I would get out of high school at like one, and I'd have to go to the firehouse, and I would have to hang out at the firehouse and go on calls and stuff, and so that was pretty cool. I don't think I, anyone's ever done it before or since. But, and I was one of the only I, uh, volunteers in Rich Hill that got to ride the paid engine. That was a big deal. Nice. I, I was, I was lucky because my senior year, I had English going into lunch. So 1130 every day, the, the bell would go off, right? 1130, you'd hear the horn. Yep. So if the teacher had the, the window open, you'd hear the burnt and not wanting my pager to go off. He would usually say like, just leave, go. <laughs> So a lot of times I would just get up and then from there, I'd go take a couple teacher's orders, go down to the deli, get lunch for everybody and come back. So it, it worked well. It worked out well. See, see how that works. And look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look where, look where we ended up, you know? Uh, um, so like, I, I, I mean, I just find it again, fascinating because you're, you know, you're one of those guys who you, you never lost the, the volunteer side and, and, you know, a lot of times we say to, you know, oh, that guy forgot where he came from because guys go on, they get career jobs and like they never look back. And the, I hate to say that now the volley, the, the volunteer system, especially in our area, really has become a farm team. You know, kids are coming in, they're coming from UNH, they're coming 
and they're joining and within two or three years they're all getting hired and it, it, it there's nobody left anymore no. because everyone's on the job yeah there's uh the the motivation is different for sure um people do that i not so much now that I'm chief and whatnot and I'm getting a little older and kind of a little slower down, but, but even when I was like really active, I was, the way I joined Stony Hill was we had a, a an arson ring kind of going through town. Um, I just had my like 20, I think I got my 25 year pin just a couple of years ago. So it was, you know, 27 years ago and there was a ton of work in the greater area. And I, and I kept coming up, I kept going to the fires and they were like, you got to join, you got to join. I said, you know, I don't have the time. I was working two full-time jobs and little kids and the, the union back then didn't really like it. And, and they were like, listen, you won't be part of the tax abatement. You're not part of the low SAP program. I'm not a voting member. I never ran for office in Stony Hill, but here's a key. Here's a pager. If you can come, come. So, I was a picker for sure, but I wouldn't only pick like if it was a working fire. Like if there happened to be a, you know, if I was driving by the firehouse and there was an AFA and it was a chance to drive an engine, you know, at, at the time I think I was a lieutenant and then maybe a captain. If it was a time to drive the rig, I'm doing it. So, so I would just pull in and drive the truck. You know, it would be funny like when I was a chief of Bridgeport to be in my chief's gear, and I would. Um, pull in the firehouse and like drive the pumper in my white shirt. And I actually took a couple selfies at small fires and sent it to, and you'll know who I'm talking about. Some of the guys that were deputy chiefs when I first became chief. And I, I would send them selfies from volley fires with my black helmet, but my white shirt with, with collar brass. And they'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm at a volley fire. There's nothing better. So. Okay, so new officer advice. We had a little technical difficulties there. Hopefully Dave can edit. Um, so this is, I went through my list. I have my, my, my sweet 16 of, uh, of things to talk about. I talk about things at the firehouse. So I talk about things in the fire ground. So I went down my list and kind of picked out the top two. For a new officer, there's a couple things you have to remember. First of all, to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. Um, you know, particularly in the volunteers, sometimes, you know, we, we elect somebody, the chief or the assistant chief. We don't like them. We don't like the way they're going, but they were the only one that wanted to run and all this kind of stuff. And now as a young officer, you ran for lieutenant or captain. Listen, you got to carry the flag. You know, if if the guy is not going the way you want to go, then you have to carry the flag of the way he wants to go. Maybe in private, you say, chief, you know, not for nothing and, and steer it so that eventually you move up in the ranks and maybe you take over and took it the other way. But to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. It's just you you can't be trashing the guy that's the chief, if you're a lieutenant or a captain, because in a few short years, that guy will be gone. You'll be up the ranks. And then everyone will remember that you used to sit in the bar or sit in the break room and trash him just as much. The other part of it is in today's day and age, it takes 30 seconds for a rumor to start with everybody texting and everything else. I, um, you know, I'm a big turnout gear, like guy, like make sure you have all your gear on at every call. 
and I had a car fire on the highway here in, in Danbury and somebody sent me a video of the fire and in the video there's a guy in shorts and a black turnout coat same turnout coat as we have like in the road in the middle of 84 like flaking out hose and I flipped and I'm like who is that somebody's getting into a lot of trouble and it wasn't until I watched the video two or three times I realized that it was a it was an off-duty, well, it was a volunteer from New York State that had stopped in traffic and had like jumped out of his car to help flake out hose or something before the rigs got there. And so he had his turnout coat on. So it wasn't one of my guys. So my my thing for that is facts before acts. You know, you're gonna hear, you know, oh, you'll never believe, you know, so and so did this or so and so didn't do this, or, you know, off duty or outside the firehouse this happened, or if something happens in the firehouse, you're the new lieutenant, new captain, and you know some bullshit went down in the in the TV room or on the rig or at a parade or wherever. Take a deep breath. Don't go off. Don't fire off a text or an email. Don't fire off a text. Find out what happened. Find out what happened. Talk to some people. Take a couple deep breaths. A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, there's a couple different sides to the story. It maybe wasn't as bad as you thought, and and you can you can facts with borax. Get it, get get the full story before you really do something. So so that's my those are my two bits for new officers. Okay, nice. And uh, what was the favorite rig you ever rode in? Uh, favorite rig I ever rode in was, uh, Flower Hills, 1965 Young Crusader, uh, 855. You guys can look at it. It had a Waukesha gas engine. The, it was a really low windshield. The whole overall height of the rig was only like eight feet tall. And the gear shift, because of course it was a stick, looked like, think about your old man's cane. It was like a black stick and it had a, uh, the handle was like a, like a bicycle handle. And that was the gear shift. That was pretty cool. The favorite rig I ever drove. Um, I always liked, you know, any CF Mac. When I was on the job in Ridgefield, we had four CFs, two R models, and a B model. Um, all stick. We didn't have any automatics in the entire fire department. They were a lot of fun. Uh, the R model tanker, 12R, was a, was a fun truck. Um I didn't like driving the original Squad 5 when I drove it, the 79 Ford, the yellow Ford. In hindsight, when I look back on the good old days, it was a pretty cool war wagon. The only glass in the whole truck was the windshield. There was no headliner. When the officer would honk the horn, there was just a, an airline and an air valve, and we had a key ring in it, and you would just loop your finger through it. And that's how, and you'd, you know, it was a Grover Stutter, 32-inch Grover Stutter tone, and that's how you would honk the horn. And um, so... So again, it was a piece of shit. It was falling apart, um, and we would beat the shit out of it. So we hated it when we had it, but when I look back on it, it was so much fun. Because yeah, the rescue we have now, there's a, I don't know who picked that one out. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> the one before that, I did. Uh, all right. So any uh, that I thank you for your time, Chief. I know you're a, a busy man. You got family visiting and. Uh, so I like to I like to keep it around that twenty minute mark. You know, the, I, my thought is a guy driving to work, right? The average commute's about twenty twenty five minutes. So if we keep the show there, 
uh, you know, keep it keep it short and sweet. So anything else well, you listen, want to I, add? I, yeah, let me just um, let's go twenty five in case you get stuck in traffic. But you know, we talked about incident commanders and some of the things that if I could give two bits of advice to incident commanders, and the one of the big ones is is to to really keep your bench full. You know, you've 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 got to have whether it's a daytime job and it's all volunteers or whether it's career. You've got to have a couple of, not an RIT or a FAST team. You've got to have some firefighters ready to go standing behind you. You've got to be able to, you know, when the guys are coming out with the air bottles, you've got to be able to say, all right, go. And, and not again, not RIT, but be able to go in and be the next, you know, the, the pitcher doesn't get tired in the seventh inning and they call the next pitcher at home and say, hey, can you come in? You know, he's right there. And the coach just walks out and says, send another guy in. So. So keep your bench full is a very, very important thing. And the other thing is keep it simple. You know, a lot of these like like Mayday and Firefighter Down, the SOPs are way too complicated and we're going to change, you know, five channels and we're going to rig a seven to one to high point anchor. Listen, this is the guy that was the best man at your wedding, you know, and he's just called Mayday and shit's going bad fast. That's not the time to try to remember. Do I use a figure eight follow through or do I figure eight in a bite? Which do I change to tack eight or tack nine? Shit's going bad and it's going bad fast. So keep your mayday policies and your fast or RIT, whatever you want to call it, procedures, keep them crazy simple. And because when it's going bad, people aren't going to remember how to do all that shit. Those are yeah, my two know, fire gun things. I, uh, I always like, you know me, I was a little, I'm a bit of a nerd. So I was a big fan of the no, space program. No, no. <laughs> and, um, you know, Gene Krantz, he was the, the uh, flight director for the Apollo missions. And he does an amazing video uh, where he talks about the job of the flight director. And he, in all of NASA, right, you think the guys that went to the moon, the Apollo program, he had the shortest job description of anybody. And it was take any and all action necessary to ensure crew safety and mission success. And like I, I say, like, you know, th that's a fire chief. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. like you said, it doesn't have to be that long, that intense. It, it could be that simple. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, so in keeping in the interest of time, that's, that's all I got. Um, okay. Listen, if somebody wants to reach out and ask questions or debate me on something, um, I'm on Instagram. I, Dave, you know, my thing, what is it? What yeah. am I at? At Rich Thode or something? <laughs> and I'm not hard to find. So if you want to, if you want to talk to me or ask me or, you know, say hey, what you said the other night was bullshit, that's fine. All right. So chief, I thank you very much. Uh, coming thank up you. next, next week, I have a uh, Derby fire commissioner, Gary Parker with election season just happening. Yeah. We're going to talk about what he goes through to educate newly elected officials, which I'm sure you've had to do a couple times in your life. Yeah, actually, the first time Danbury just completely had a whole leadership change of mayors and city council and whatnot. So I'm actually putting together my PowerPoint right now to introduce the new regime on, hey, we're the fire department. This is what we do. Nice. And then coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do a special on the River Restaurant explosion. So in 1986, there was a, a four-story restaurant in downtown Derby. Gas leak happened. The restaurant exploded. And uh, some of the survivors were buried deep within the rubble. And we're going to talk to some of the members that, that pulled off that rescue way back in the 80s before they had certifications to do it. Cool. So that's all I got for tonight. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you.